0: Anywhere he goes, he's poisoned, and I just, I fear, I fear that they're on the wrong trajectory, you know, it's just like, they're making friends with the wrong people. Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens your hosts nick and nate will evaluate study and understand sports patterns tendencies and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect just like weatherman but way more accurate so if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else you are in the right place enjoy the show What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Forecasters Podcast. As always, this is your host, Nathan, and of course, we've got Nick here as well. What's going on?
1: Just loving the NFL season. We're getting the fray hitting the quarter. Well, used to be the quarter post now that we have 17 games somewhere in between this week and next week. So getting ready for the next leading the week four, getting into the next week of the college football season. Lots of things to look at where we're going to dive into first.
0: Well, I do want to talk about how we've been doing so far in a little competition um week the first week we did this which was actually you know week two of the nfl um you got three points and i got two and now this past week you got four and i got three so we're each getting better but you're just one step ahead of me so you you hold a two-point lead for the season we'll see how that changes and i do i must i must say this so i did my nate say as everybody knows i believe i got four or five of those eight correct which is a downer for me but i parlayed by the way those two underdog teams Arkansas A and M end up making ninety bucks. So everybody out there listening, you don't have to guess all the games. You just got to parlay the right ones, man. And you, you can your return on investment is is phenomenal. So don't give up on me yet. I know I only got four or five out of eight. We're gonna we're gonna keep improving that, and we're gonna keep that moving. So watch out for that on Saturday. I'll post that to Facebook. Nate, if you want to do a bet slip. So yes, first thing we're gonna get to, like we did last week. I, I kind of like this part of the show because we're forecasters. As always, we're just going to forecast a couple situations that's going on in the NFL. Obviously, I think we had the craziest week in football. Uh, this past weekend, we had kick sixes. We had record-breaking field goals. We had penalties that weren't called. And Lions should have won a game and didn't. So we'll get to that in a second. But let's start with this. Is this an overreaction? Or or is this a, a true forecast here, Nick? Is Kansas City, like, are they done? Like, Are they a Super Bowl threat anymore?
1: Just for the sake of wanting to be right, and we haven't done the mulligans yet, and I'm going to hold my mulligan, I'm going to say they are still a threat. It's just, man, they got to be like the greatest show on turf at this point. And like you've pointed out to me several times through messaging, they have to take better care of the ball. Their defense is not going to bail them out. They're not going to stop people. You just have to put up points. If you're on the other side of the 50, I know I criticized Matt Nagy for this. When he was playing the rams but if you're kansas city you're on the other side of the 50 on your opponent's side you just have to go for it because you just have to put up points until the defense either gets it together which that doesn't seem likely you make some major moves again doesn't seem likely so pretty much your only option is you gotta be an arcade machine to start putting up points kansas city but i'm not gonna sell this ship on them yet simply because i picked them for super bowl and i think they can still put it together it's just they This week will be a good week for them, I think. And I'll get more into that as we move along. What's your thoughts, Nathan?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm worried, honestly,
1: because Andy Reid he's a good coach.
0: I don't want don't get me wrong, but like offensive minded coaches to me, they can never have continued success. Ever. Like that's always been my mojo. Just I love defensive coaches as a head coach with a a fantastic quarterback, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I mean, just even Urban Meyer in his college days, right? Nick Saban in his college days. Like, those – I I love that combination. I always have, always will be. I think that's important. I think, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. So, I they were so focused on the offensive line, which I think is marginally improved. But that defense is horrendous. I think Frank Clark is still out, but, like, that defense is so – bad in kansas city it's beyond repairable and the offense is playing so careless everyone besides travis kelsey plays careless on that team patrick mahomes is getting a little out of control in my opinion he's getting a little out of character i know he likes to sling his sidearm and no look passes but like that ain't working right now he's turning he's turning the ball over like crazy they're fumbling like crazy tyree kill is he's always careless and you know what now they just signed the most careless person in sports history and that's josh gordon Anywhere he goes, he's poison. And I just I fear I fear that they're on the wrong trajectory. You know, it's just like they're making friends with the wrong people. You know, no offense to Josh Gordon. I'm glad he's getting, you know, what his 20th chance in the NFL. You know, you you are who you are, and you make friends with who you are. And they're just they sign Le'Veon Bell, they sign Josh Gordon, and they just start signing these people. It's like low character people. And I just think it's an infiltrating their culture. And I'm I'm actually very worried about Kansas City. And on top of it all, they have two teams in their division that are undefeated. And so one of them are going to be 4-0 because Vegas and Raiders play Monday night this weekend. So they're going to have a 4-0 and a 3-1 team. And then the Broncos, right? I think they play, what, the Ravens at home? Honestly, the Ravens should be probably 0-3 right now. Definitely 1-2. Probably 0-3. I question how good they are. So Kansas City, I'm worried. I'm hitting the panic button here. I think this they're just playing careless. They're relying on, on him on Patrick Mahomes too much. And plus, you know, they paid Patrick Mahomes a billion dollars, right? Continued success requires pay cuts, just ask Tom Brady. It's it's just never worked. They overpay Russell Wilson. Look what happens, right? They had the most success when he was on his cheap contract. So yeah, I'm I'm over Kansas City. It's done. This is Justin Herbert's division now. That's a bold, bold take. I understand that. But I think we've all, we're, we're crowning Patrick Mahomes and, and praising him way, way too early. Um, I think he benefited from just a great team and a great spot and a great organization, right? And I think that's just dwindling fast. So anyways, that's my long take on that. Let's jump to the next one. Big Ben and the Steelers. You know, I live here in Finley, Ohio, hometown of Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, two-time Super Bowl champ. To be, a, He's going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt, but man, this kid looks like he should not be playing football anymore. Do they need to move on from Ben like, mid-season, or do they write this out?
1: For the pure fact of what he's done for the franchise, and just how the Steelers organization operates, without some kind of injury or him telling them to do it, they're not going to move on. Just That's mm-hmm. the kind of organization they've been throughout the years. They've stuck with their quarterback, and they've Believe in ben every time at every turn i personally think that they should shop and try to get if they can get something not for him per se but someone behind him that they feel confident in because right now he's not able to get it going honestly he looks like how they did after they went 11-0 and just kind of floundering through the end of the season can it turn around possibly but usually September is the month for quarterbacks. September and early October, well, all of October, because the weather's usually still favorable. It's still warm out. You're not getting those bitter winds, those winter snowfalls. So for me, I would say they need to move on, but because it's the Steelers organization, they're not going to. They're just going to ride with what they're going to. They'll get wins and everything, but they're just not going to be to the potential. They could be one year too late. What's your take, Nathan?
0: Yeah, I think he's... um... I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, he should have retired last year. I think, I think started eleven zero and then losing as bad as they did to end the season, he wanted to end a little bit better. And that's probably why he came back. But you can't you can't move on from you know this guy that's meant so much to the Pittsburgh. You, you just write it out and you go down with him. If you if he goes down, you know, that's that's what they're going to do, and I think it's the right thing to do just out of respect you don't just bench him for what Dwayne Haskins what's he gonna do you know so I think on, honestly I think at this point the cold weather, weather was gonna benefit them um, because their opponents are just lining it up on them and they can't keep up offensively so when, the, when people come to Pittsburgh in November December I think that's gonna benefit them a little bit it, the games will get a little bit more ugly I honestly have a little bit more hope in Pittsburgh turning it around than Kansas City because I think their defense is, I mean, they got the best defense to play on the team. Their defense is always great. And I, I think if you have a good defense, you got to start with that. That's your best chance to turn it around. So uh, I'm not hitting the panic button on that yet, but Big Ben, I think it's time to hang him up um, soon. <laughs> so lastly, here, rookie quarterbacks. Rookie quarterbacks against non rookie quarterbacks so far this season are 0 and 9. Right, The one win is Mac Jones, but he went up against. Zach Wilson. So one was bound to win in that game. Nick, are you surprised? Is this what you expected? And then following that question, if a quarterback is to win offensive rookie of the year, who's it going to be? Is it going to be a quarterback or somebody else?
1: For some, I'm surprised, but for many, first, the one I'm not surprised with is Trevor Lawrence. Um, Both of us alluded to the fact that we just felt like you're inheriting a team that only won one game last year. So for him to have to feel like he has to do everything, one scheme wise is wrong. You shouldn't be putting that on him, like allow him to make those spectacular plays, but they don't have a whole lot in the cupboard, so he has to. So Trevor having the interceptions that he has and trying to put up the numbers, he's getting touchdowns too. He's just he's trying to be everything for the team. And this isn't as, as Helen's team going against less talented teams like he was used to in clemson it's just it's going to be a hard sled it's going to be tough sliding for him is what it comes down to zach wilson being as ineffective as he is i don't know i haven't quite figured out if it's an indictment on him or the organization i'm going to say a combination of the two up to this point just to kind of i don't think zach wilson deserves to be buried but it is looking very rough for him right now like you can't bench him you've already put him out there hopefully they're coming up with better ideas concepts or things he's supposed to be seeing on the field and he's just getting he'll catch up with the game but right now zach wilson it's probably surprising about how bad it's been for him statistically and then i guess my other surprise is just how much the patriots are very conservative with mac jones like stupidly conservative they are i wouldn't say west coast scheme but it just like, it's basically an extended run game is how it feels sometimes with the yardage he's throwing and everything like that. He has tons of completions, but they go, very few of them go beyond 10 yards. They're between that five and nine yard range. It seems like every time I look at the stat line or different things he's doing. So those two are surprises, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Mostly Mac Jones, because you think he would have a little more range, but They're trying to minimize his time out there making mistakes because Saints game demonstrated when it's on him, it's not going to go so well. So Trevor, not surprised. Zach and Mac, surprised. Justin Fields, we'll see what happens. And it is on him, but also as the offensive coordinator for that team, how did you not scheme something different at halftime when things were going so bad? Because there were moments when he dropped back and he had zero time. So I'm not Saying he didn't make quick enough reads, but they didn't do a whole lot to help him out either. When their O lines getting blown up, it's just it's so hard to tell because well, Bears we thought would be a semi competitive team. I didn't give them many wins for this season, but it's just like the Jaguars, Jets, and Bears. Their offenses seem to be in disarray and aren't doing things to help their quarterbacks be successful. Where the Patriots are doing everything to protect Mac Jones and keep him sheltered to hopefully make him look good. But when the game, when he has to win the game, it is not looking so great. So long-winded it answer. Basically, I'm not surprised what Trevor Lawrence has to do. I'm just surprised about how bad the other three are looking. What are your thoughts, Nathan?
0: Yeah, I think no one expected like anybody to be 3-0 at this point because y- you fall to teams that are terrible, minus Mac Jones, right? And um, I think Trey Lance would probably be the most successful right now. If he did start, be given the fact that San Francisco is definitely the best roster by far, where all the rookie quarterbacks are. But at, at this point, like I, I think if a quarterback is going to win the Rookie of the Year, I still think Trevor Lawrence is the best bet. Um, like I said, they don't look at wins; they just look at mainly talent and, and like almost potential. And Trevor Lawrence to me has been, you know, despite the turnovers, they're just letting him loose and just allowing him to just blossom into this league and just allowing him to make mistakes. But I think Trevor Lawrence is good and smart enough to handle that well. And I think as the games go on, I think you're going to see a Jacksonville team improve a bit. I, I think their defense is sneaky good. Um, I mean, they held the Cardinals to uh, seven points that first half. Let's let's not forget that. A lot of times, you know, they they allow a lot of points is because their uh, Jacksonville's offense turns the ball over and gives the other team good field position, um, which allows them to score points. But other than that, Jacksonville's defense is pretty good. Um, I I love the connection between Marvin Jones Jr. and and um, Trevor Lawrence. So. And plus that that division is by far the weakest division of football, the AFC South. So, I mean, he gets to go up a Tennessee defense that's terrible. Obviously, he's going up against Houston again, this time at home. And then that this Colts team is winless. So, I think that's why Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, still has the best chance. But if an offensive lineman ever gets it, Penny Sewell should be in contention. Like that, he just he plays for the Lions, man, and he has not allowed a sack on Jared Goff. Just that—that's—that's that's very impressive. Just to keep that in mind, I don't think he's going to get it. But uh, the other non-quarterback to keep in mind is Jamar Chase. He's got four touchdowns for the first three games. Um, once in a while, a there is a, a rookie wide receiver that wins this. Odell has won it. He, you know, Jamar Chase has beaten the record for the most touchdowns for the first three career games for, for rookie wide receiver. So watch out for him. That that Bengals connection between him and Burroughs is looking good so if i think i'm not a quarterback i think jamar chase is going to be the rookie of the year if, if Tr- trevor lawrence is not win it those are kind of our little hot takes for this week and some of our forecasts um as what we
1: see moving forward
0: so with that all being said man let's let's jump into our picks this week we
1: will do let's start off with that saturday night football game where we have the indiana hoosiers going to penn state so we get to talk about the nittany lions again what are you seeing for this one nathan
0: yeah, man. So when we first started, we both saw this line at 10.5, and it's jumped up three points already, 13.5. And, and oh, man, we're both grabbing that 10.5. But I still think Penn State, Penn State is so, so good. I can't wait till, I think it's uh, October, the, October 9th, I think. Penn State versus Iowa. Oh, my goodness. that's Those are the two best teams in the Big Ten by far. Penn State or Iowa is going to make it a college football playoff, I believe. Um, whoever wins that game in the head to head matchup. I really, really like this Penn State team. Um, this defense is fantastic. I love Clifford, the quarterback. I love everything they're doing. So I'm going to take the 13.5 here. I, I use typically no for their offense. It's been very, very down lately. Um, and that Penn State defense is going to just destroy that. Um, I would pick the under here as well if you're sports betting, but I, I'm still going to pick Penn State 13.5. Like a 32 to 15 sort of game.
1: I would like to come on here and say, oh yeah, I'm totally going to go underdog here, but no way. Penn State's going to win this one. It doesn't matter if it's 13 points. They're going to win it. They're going to cover that. They're going to do well. And good news for you, Nathan, it's next week when Penn State and Iowa take on each other. Penn State ends up winning, covers it, and I would go under as well with the, I have 52 52 and a half. It's not going to be that high score. Penn State's going to shut them down early, especially at home. They're just going to bottle up any offensive threat that indiana can throw their way and they're going to take care of business
0: absolutely just one one more thing here just for your college football fans a lot of great games you got bama versus old miss uh don't pick that upset we also got uh georgia arkansas don't pick that upset as well uh watch out for the jt daniel's injury sounds like he's expected to play but if he doesn't maybe pick that upset but the upset for y'all out there college football K State over Oklahoma. I'm calling it right now. I'll lock it in. Bet it now because that that uh, money line is dropping. So let's move forward here against our NFL Sunday games. What do you? Which uh, game are you picking against the spread?
1: Well, last week my hope in Ron Rivera and his defense was greatly exaggerated. So this week I'm hoping the rebound. I'm not banking on defense. I'm banking on offense coming out big. Sending a big message to a coach's former team with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're at. They're giving up seven and a half. They're going to cover that over the Eagles who looked okay the first quarter being seven to 14, but after that, it just looked very bleak. So Kansas City gets their mojo back here. They go over seven and a half against the Eagles this week. What do you have for the spread, Nathan?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to pick a team that's kind of disappointed me in the past, but I think they're in a a must-win situation right now, and they've actually beaten this team pretty handily the last couple of years. Uh, both at home and on the road. So, and they're the underdog on top of it. I've got Seattle beating. Well, I haven't beat him San Francisco. But I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Seattle plus three. Um, like I said, the last um couple of years, they've handled Seattle quite well, both at San Francisco and at Seattle. And Seattle's at one and two. They've had a heartbreaker loss to Tennessee. Just a lot of you know they can't they can't drop to one and three because LA Rams are going to be four and zero. Arizona's going to be three and one. And then San Francisco, if they beat Seattle, it's going to be 3-1, and, and they're going to be sent on 1-3. So Seattle knows they have to win this game, or their season's basically over. So I think they're going to come well-prepared. Uh, I think they're going to actually win this game, but I'm going to pick the point Seattle plus 3. All right, over-under, who do you got?
1: For my over-under, I'm going to go with the Browns and Vikings, a matchup I really like if both running back. Cleveland has two great running backs. If Minnesota's Dalvin Cook can go, it'll definitely be an interesting game. So I'm going to go with their over and under. And I'm actually going to go with the over in this. Minnesota can't really stop anyone. So they're forced to put up points. Cleveland will put up the points if you give them the opportunity. Yes, their defense looks staunch against Chicago. But as we alluded to before, Chicago offense hasn't been super impressive. So that may not be clearly what's going to happen. So I feel like the over here at 53 and a half with the Browns and Vikings is the way to go on this one. What do you have, Nathan? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm picking the over I'm picking the over as well in the same game. I think Dalvin Cook's replacement last game was very impressive to me. They're gonna need a run game against Cleveland because as you saw with <laughs> Chicago, they get after that quarterback. So you gotta keep them honest. You need that run game. And I thought he did very, very well with the run uh Minnesota did very well with the running game. So if they can do that, then Kirk Cousins, I think, will be better protected than Justin Fields was, and, um, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been playing phenomenal. He hasn't thrown an interception through three games. That's <laughs> that's phenomenal for him. This is going to be their biggest test, of course. Um, so I, I, I see this as a back-and-forth game. I really, really do. Cleveland's defense is getting better each game. Cleveland is starting to get scary to me. Buffalo is by far the scariest in the AFC. Cleveland's the second scariest. That defense is looking better and better and better. They just, you know, Jarvis is still out, though, so... This is gonna be back and forth game. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be like thirty-five, twenty-five, something like that, I feel like. So, um, but yeah, got the over. All right, moneyline, who do you got? Underdog.
1: Moneyline. Looking at this one, I'm just really looking at the landscape and Detroit Lions. Every week you face your greatest adversary in the NFL referees, they hose you somehow, some way, or at least this this last game you you have complete validity in. Other games, maybe not so much. But for this game, I feel like your vengeance will be heard and you'll finally get that win. The win that, quite frankly, you've been so close in the last few weeks. But this time you come home with the victory against the Chicago Bears, a team that's in disarray with their quarterback situation, not loving it, with you being the underdog. I say Detroit Lions win this game in Chicago. What do you have, Nathan?
0: I have the same money line. Um, They can get after the quarterback, Detroit can. And <laughs> given the situation, at quarterback, they don't even know who the starter is going to be. Chicago, it's going to be hard to get those first team reps throughout the week if you don't know who they're going to be. So, uh, Detroit showed that they have the quarterback last week against Lamar. Defense a little underrated. I mean, they they held Green Bay to, you know, they were ahead of Green Bay 17-14 last week. You know, Detroit's really good at playing a one good half of football. Second half, they kind of fall apart. But um, against Chicago, I think this is good for them. Yeah, I like this money line. And their offense is not bad, like. I know Jared Goff gets the last slack, but he did go to a Super Bowl. He does his job. I Honestly, people will people hate the, their coach. He's perfect for Detroit. He's perfect for the city. They got hoes. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're going to come out, and they're going to win this game. I'm this is i very confident in this one, and it sounds like you are as well. So um, let's jump to a wildcard pick. Who do you got?
1: Wildcard pick. I'm going money line again. I saw a matchup here. Not that the team's not good. I'm just not believing in it. So this is the week to prove me wrong and I'm sure they will because that's just how it breaks for me. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens visit the Denver Broncos. They The favorite is the Denver Broncos. I'm going to go with the money line, saying the Ravens somehow squeaked this out. Lamar Jackson's been pulling things out of a magic hat. I'm just going to say this week he does it. Broncos have beat teams that are combined 0-9, and, and they don't multiply losses, so these teams have been 0-3 for a reason. Baltimore comes in. Even though they're banged up, I think they end up winning it. It just looked like too tempting of a matchup just to overlook. Not a real lot of history on this one. Just I think we get to see the real Denver this week where they're a good team, don't get me wrong. But I think the Ravens just find enough to win because that's what they've been doing as of late. What do you have, Nathan? You're right, we do
0: get to see the real Denver this weekend, and I think we're going to sh- see that they are legit and they're going to beat Baltimore. We're going to see the real Baltimore because they should not be 2-1. They should be 0-3. Let's be real. They lost to the Raiders. They should have lost to Kansas City, and um, they they lost to Detroit, right? At the very least, they should be 1-2. Not. Definitely not 2-1 and, and probably 0-3. Baltimore is not a good team. I, I predicted on my preseason rankings they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, Lamar, in my opinion, is 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 getting exposed. I mean, he's a freak athlete. I ended up drafting him for my fantasy team, um, mainly because he was the best one left. But um, he's just not as good anymore, man. And, he, and they have injuries galore. So, yeah, I just – I I don't like their defense that much. So I'm, I am I like Denver last year and just a slight upgrade at quarterback. I think that makes him a pretty good team. I know they've only been losing teams. Yeah, they they benefit from an easy schedule, but let's they mean they shut a team out twenty six nothing. I know it's the Jets, but nobody else shut the Jets out yet. So just keep that in mind. So, anyways, I got Denver. I got the minus one here. They they show them who they really are. All right, Sunday night football game. The oh man, the game of the year of what the the millennia like since two thousand. Tom Brady revenge game against the Patriots. Who do you got?
1: Well. If Tom Brady pulls this off, he will have successfully beaten every NFL game at some point. I have Tampa Bay winning this one. The spread says minus seven. Bucks are easily going to cover that. Patriots just don't have the confidence or firepower or whatever you want to say in their offense. Bucks can put up points in bunches. Rams did put them in their place, but Rams are an excellent team, a team that is looking very much like a Super Bowl contender. So Bucks end up getting out their frustrations from last week. Tom Brady gets his revenge. His teammates are going to rise above, cover that seven easily, and the Bucks come out with a victory in Foxborough. What do you have, Nathan?
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to pick the under here. Uh, it's at 49. Uh, Patriots defense is, is pretty good. And this is why I'm paying the under. I think Bill knows... Tom's weaknesses more than anybody, and they're going to game plan around that, and they know how to exploit him. I know how to exploit them. I, I, I've i seen Miami Dolphins exploit him. I mean, the, the key is to get to him as quickly as possible. So I think you're going to see a lot of blitz packages. I, I think you're, you're going to see them get after him, and I, th- I just think that's going to slow the game down. You know, I think they're going to, as a result, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more so they can do the play action to kind of give Brady some room, which slows the game down which scores less points so and i just think tom brady's just the divorce the or whatever you want to call it just i did not think it was very pretty and i think there's just going to be this awkwardness for tom brady in a sense to go back um and i think that's going to affect him a little bit um not much because he's his skin is thicker than steel but i think there's going to be a little bit, a little bit of that and um all the talk and all the media and everything on it. So, with all those things in mind, I think. Well, I think they win. Tampa Bay wins, but I think it's a it's a lower scoring game, like a you know twenty seven seventeen sort of game. Or, or or Patriots might score like ten points, honestly. <laughs> so, um, that's how I see this game going.
1: Hopefully, the matchup will be intriguing. The Sunday night football games have definitely been exciting last weeks with Green Bay and San Francisco come down the the final moments uh, i was fist pumping when i had picked the packs and you had the niners so this week we both are on the buck so not a whole lot to cheer for except hopefully our points align where we're hoping they will so with that being said that hits us for week four our picks against the spread and over unders money lines etc as well as our saturday night college game also be sure you check out our facebook page on saturday for nate pick eight to see what he has going on there and see what you think. And if you just need that voice to help you make that wager, if you're able to, Nathan's the man to go to. With that being said, we're going to put a wrap on to tonight's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've been the Sports Forecasters. You've been listening to Nathan Singer. I'm Nick Alvarez. We'll talk to you next time.